0: Chapter 9 of The Adventures of Tommy Post Office, The True Story of a Cat, by Gabriel E. Jackson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Michael Fascio. Post Office Becomes a Hospital To describe all that took place that frightful midnight hour would be impossible. Poor petted Tommy. His cries of anguish speedily brought his friends to his rescue, and it is well for the fiend in his human form, who committed the atrocious act, that the cat absorbed the attention of all the men in the office for the time being. During that hour, while the men worked over the suffering animal, the man disappeared forever. He was never again seen about the post office, nor could any trace be found of him when later officers were sent in quest of him. True, no one had actually seen him throw Tommy into the ash pit, But one of the men, who had been engaged with some work in the cellar at the time, had seen the cat jump to the partition and run along it towards the engine room. He had smiled as he recalled Tommy's pranks with Dan, and the next instant had come the scuffle and mingled cries of pain and rage. When the men reached the cat, he was rushing from the ash pit, writhing in agony. Never did men work more faithfully over a human friend than these men worked over this animal friend yet it seemed for a time that the poor creature must succumb to his cruel suffering. Day after day he lay upon the bed of oiled cotton which they had prepared for him, swathed from head to tail in soothing ointment, but moaning piteously with pain. Day after day the men coaxed him to eat some of the dainties which they brought to him, fearing that the poor creature would die of starvation. But Tommy's sufferings were too great for the daintiest food to tempt him. More than a week passed before he could be moved from his bed of cotton, except to have his terrible wounds dressed, and during that time he had taken less than a cupful of milk. At length, however, he began to mend, and at the end of ten days he took his first morsel of food, a dainty bit of chicken brought to him by one of his devoted friends from his home many miles from the post office. If ever a cat was pampered, Tommy was that cat but it required a long, long time for those cruel burns to heal. Six weeks passed before he left his bed, unless carried from it by one of his friends. Meantime, Mr. Weston and his wife returned, and when they learned what had taken place, their indignation knew no bounds. Another search was made for the culprit, but without avail. Not until adversity overtook him did Tommy learn the true value of his friends, or how numerous they were nor had those to whom he belonged realized how wide a reputation the cat possessed. Men, women, and children came to the post office to inquire for him, for few had ever visited the office without sooner or later seeing Tommy, and becoming familiar with his clever ways. At the hour of delivery he was usually to be found perched upon the little shelf of the general delivery window, and as each letter was handed to the person calling for it, he would give it a little pat with his paw, as though to say, I must okay that. Dozens of funny little pranks of this sort had endeared him to those visiting the post office, and when they learned of his misfortune it was no wonder the keenest sympathy was manifested. Two months passed before Tommy got about once more, but alas, it was a distressing-looking object that went slowly about the office. Only stumps of his large, glossy ears remained. Fully one-third of his tail was gone. Not a hair or a whisker remained upon his body, and every claw was burned off. The soft pads of his feet, which had enabled him to steal upon his prey, the rats and mice, so stealthily, were reduced to blunt horny substances, and when, later on, he had entirely recovered his health and spirits, and sometimes in the wee small hours of the night, sought to renew his youth by frolicking about the office, it sounded as though a goat trying to do a dance. In course of time, however, a new coat, nearly as glossy and silky as the former one, made its appearance, and a snowy shirt front, and socks grew again. New whiskers and blinkers appeared, and he became less uncanny to look upon. Nevertheless, Tommy the Beauty had disappeared forever, to give place to Tommy the Freak Cat. Happily, his wits had not been affected, and his affection for the men had grown stronger as a result of their untiring devotion to him. It is said that every catastrophe has a funny side, but it would seem that Tommy's was too horrible to have a shade of humor in it. Still, it followed in the course of time. Tommy Jr., as the little kitten adopted by Tommy Sr. had been named, was the unwitting cause of the funny side of the mishap. During the nine months the kitten had spent at the post office under Tommy's protection, he had hastened to profit by it, and to follow his protector's example in all things. It was funny to see the kitten copy the cat. He grew to be so like him that he was often mistaken for him by strangers. Tommy Sr. did not appear to know it. Perhaps he would not have cared much if he had. After his accident, however, he began to draw comparisons, and comparisons, as we know them, are odious. They proved so in Tommy's case. At first, he merely avoided his late protege. If Tommy Jr. approached him with a friendly warble, he would look at him a moment, then click away on his poor, horny feet to some remote corner of the building, there to groom himself as though striving to restore some of his former dapperness. But it was a vain attempt. Never again could he hope to be as he had once been. And to have the contrast brought home to him so sharply day after day was too much for his pride. Something must be done and done speedily to end it all. The way soon presented itself. The kitten was fond of a sparrow dinner, and although by no means so expert as Tommy Sr. in catching his prey, he did manage to capture a tender morsel now and again. Tommy Sr. reasoned things out in his cat brain, and in the course of time settled upon a plan of action. One day in September, during a driving rainstorm which beat down branches and soaked everything through and through, he set about carrying his plan into effect. A sparrow too wet to fly was caught and laid at the delighted kitten's feet. The next moment, sparrow, feathers and all, was disappearing. Tommy Sr. grinned a complacent grin. An hour later, another sparrow was presented to Tommy Jr. to go the way of number one. A little later, still another dripping bird met its fate and went the way of its relations. Number four and number five were caught, offered, and eagerly devoured by the kitten. Then Tommy sat down to await developments. He did not have to wait very long. Before the hour was ended, howls and wails of misery arose from that gourmand kitten. He ran from one room to another, yowling out as plainly as an animal could, Oh dear, oh dear, what a stomachache I've got. Mr. Weston had watched the whole performance with absorbing interest, and when the climax was finally reached, he laughed like a schoolboy. The kitten was caught, a dose of medicine administered, and when Mr. Weston returned to his pretty college at the upper end of Asylum Avenue that evening, Tommy Jr. accompanied him, there to dwell for the future, and spare Tommy Sr. grounds for jealousy. Tommy Sr. grinned a wise grin. Once the kitten was removed from the scene, Tommy felt he was reinstated-that he could, so to speak, stand for the honours of the post office, and no longer be forced to hear some chance visitor exclaim, "That cat the pet of the post office!" in tones of surprised derision; "why, this one is far handsomer; why do you not train him?" "Here, pretty, pretty kitty!" The emphasis laid upon the final "pretty" was simply intolerable. Thus it is ever with hidden virtue. It has to be labeled, and after so many years of recognized merit, Tommy had no idea of going about tagged. This is Tommy Post Office, the trained, intelligent pet of every official. He may not be pretty, but oh my, he's a wonder, and don't you forget it. Before we bid Tommy farewell, we must learn of one more performance in which he bore a prominent part. It can hardly be called an escapade, for it was the outcome of direct intention, and Barbara figured in it also. Tommy's highly cultivated table deportment was the prime cause of it, and great fun it caused. So we will call it Tommy's and Barbara's farewell performance. End of chapter 9